Hello, you're listening to The Sower, a podcast of the Ciceronian Society. The Ciceronian Society is a community of Christian scholars and public intellectuals committed to the examination of three core themes, tradition, place, and things divine, and their role in a civilization built upon the principles common to the traditions of historic Christianity. To learn more about us, our events, the podcast, our journal, Pietas, to sign up for our newsletter and make your tax-deductible gift, please go to ciceroniansociety.org, that's C-I-C-E-R-O-N-I-A-N-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y dot org. I'm Josh Bowman, Vice President of the Ciceronian Society, and before introducing our guests, please join me in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, bless our conversation today, and may all we say and do bring honor and glory to you. Amen. We're recording this on the afternoon of November 21st, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Joseph Wasaki. Joe is a graduate of Baylor University and is now the Dean of the Honors College and an Associate Professor of Politics at the site of our upcoming 2023 conference, Belmont Abbey College. Welcome to the show, Joe. Welcome. Uh, sorry, <laughs> my daughter is in the other room. I'm, I am uh, trying Welcome to get your daughter. home today, and my daughter just called me from the other room. Hey, how are you? <laughs> hey, and hey, and hey to Joe's daughter. Now, I can speak uh, for all of the Ciceronian Society when I say we're, we're so excited uh, to head south this spring, in part because I'm looking out the window at a foot of snow, uh, which before Thanksgiving. Um, that's that's no fun. Um well, we are. And, I mean, we're so excited at the Abbey to have you guys coming down. I mean, uh, when when we made the connection last year, I just went, oh, man, absolutely. This is uh, you're very in line with Belmont Abbey and what, what we're doing in the Honors College. So absolutely uh, thrilled. That's great. It's great. Uh, is your daughter excited? Is that what she wanted uh, to come She in? is. She's a little sick today, so she's staying home. <laughs> Oh, man. Bummer. Okay. All right. Well, before we – we're going to talk about Belmont, the college, and the Abbey, but I, I, the first thing I want us to do is tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, where, where you're from, uh, uh, you know, what, what did you study at Baylor, and how did you end up at Belmont? Uh, so I grew up uh, on Long Island, New York, until I was about 15, uh, at which point my family moved down to North Carolina, High Point, and I finished high school there. Um, which is how I wound up at Belmont Abbey College as an undergraduate. So I, I actually, I'm an alumnus of Belmont Abbey, uh, studied political science and economics there. Um, wound up doing a year with something called the Jesuit Volunteer Corps after that, um, taught at a diocesan school in an inner city, and um, went to Baylor after that, studied uh, political philosophy and American politics there, um, and that really was because of a teacher I had at Belmont Abbey. I, when I first went to Belmont Abbey as a student, I was very interested primarily in the active political life. I wanted to uh, major in political science, go to law school, go out and do justice. And then after reading Plato's Republic uh, at Belmont Abbey, I came to realize maybe I don't know exactly what justice is. And um, <laughs> I kind of fell in love with asking the big questions and those conversations about the theoretical questions in politics which led me to Baylor, where I studied with David and Mary Nichols, um, who were a husband and wife who went down to found the, um, the PhD program there. He taught American politics, and I worked with him, wrote a dissertation on Congress, um, of, all, of all things, uh, but took wow. equal amounts of coursework work with Mary, so a lot of Aristotle, a lot of Plato, um, and just loved it there. And... Um, Back here, founded the Honors College at, at Belmont Abbey about five years ago, which is a great books program, um, and uh, it's it's great to be home. I mean, 
when when I see you guys talk about tradition, place, and things divine, I go, you know, <laughs> all of <laughs> Belmont Abbey has been sort of access to all three of those things for me in my own life. Speaking, yeah, we're, we're speaking your language, and 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 there's there's a lot of Belmont, uh, not Bel, uh, Mel Belmont, and Baylor grads who end up at uh, our events and. Um, it makes sense. It's it's a it's a common language, a, a love of the great books, love of the classics, and a love of Christ. Um, I think there's you know that's a, an amazing um, combination that, that that we bring to the table, and um, it's exciting to hear all those different things. So if you, if you also, uh, dear listener, lo- love to read Plato, Aristotle, or even if you want to talk about Congress, I, I'm I'm interested to know what I mean, what, what did you, you know, write on? I, I haven't talked about Congress uh, since the approval of that dissertation. So. <laughs> Of course, yeah, I understand that one. Um, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, you know, I wrote on Thoreau for my dissertation, and I said, when someone asked me why, why'd you pick Thoreau, I said, well, I figure after I get done writing it, I'm not going to want to spend any time with him anymore, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I could just basically write on something I was comfortable getting sick of. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's what you can use as your excuse for writing on Congress. Um, <laughs> uh, now. We'll talk about the honors program in a minute. I want to step back a little bit and talk about uh, Belmont Abbey, the origins of the campus, the monastery. Um, as I understand, date back to it dates back to just after the Civil War, around 1876. Um, and you know, one of the things that we at the Cicerone side love to do is to get to know the places that we're in. I mean, this is that's a big part of why we don't always go to the big cities. Um, usually, uh, we we may do that in 2024. Um, in terms of where we where where we go, uh, and I think Belmont is a really cool little town, um, and so I'd love to hear more about the college and about some of the stuff um, around there. Uh, you know, Belmont Abbey, the monastery, uh, Belmont Abbey Monastery and College have a, a pretty long and interesting history, um, and really, the the monastery and the college were integral to um, bringing Catholicism to North Carolina. Um, you know, in in a major way. So um, the way, you know, the beginning of our story was Father Jeremiah O'Connell, who was a diocesan priest um, in North and South Carolina, and at that time kind of rode the circuit like Supreme Court justices used to do back in the day, right? Right. We'd go to all the, you know, the local courts, the district courts, but he would, there were so few Catholics in in North and South Carolina that he rode around from parish to parish, Um, and as he as he got older, he was able to purchase this uh, plantation, the Caldwell uh, plantation, about 700 acres um, at a public auction. Paid ten dollars, got the deed, um, and he went around just approaching a number of religious orders in the Catholic faith, and told them, you know, I'll give you this land for free if you will come and establish a school uh, in North Carolina. You know, so that was in <laughs> Belmont, in Belmont, what, what was called Garibaldi at the time, uh, became mm-hmm. uh, Belmont later. And so he approached a number of uh, religious orders, I think uh, the Jesuits, um, and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the most attractive place for Catholics to send a bunch <laughs> of their uh, talent because there weren't, there were so few Catholics. North Carolina was less than one half percent Catholic at the time. Um, wow. And so... Eventually, uh, they they wrote. He wrote to uh, Saint Vincent's Arch Abbey, which uh, now associated ob- obviously, you know, with Saint Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, to uh, Abbot Vimmer at the time, uh, and 
At first, they were reluctant to send anyone down, but eventually they did. Um, in, in 1876, one, one priest came down, Father Wolf, with two students. They started classes the day they got there in April of 1876. Um, and then, you know, they, um, you know, the monastery now has about 20 monks. They are Benedictine monks, I guess I should say that. They're, they're Benedictines. Um, right. And um, the, the monastery has existed ever since. We have about 20 monks on campus now. And Belmont Abbey College, first it was St. Mary's College. It was a seminary at one point for both the diocese, local diocese, and the Benedictines. Um, it was a junior college at one point. It was single ed, four year, uh, became co-ed in the 1970s when we merged with the Sisters of Mercy, had a school down the road. Uh, so now it's a co-educational uh, four year college. We've just had a level change where we're offering master's degrees. Um, and okay. to this day, you know, the monks serve on the board of trustees. The abbot of the monastery is always the chancellor of the college and in charge of the college's mission and identity. And, um, you know, they are, Benedictine monks are not like other orders that are what are called apostolic orders in the Catholic faith, mm -hmm. right? Which, you know, they, they have a community life, but they use that community as a sort of springboard for going out, you know, like Franciscans going out into the cities among the poor, um, Whereas the Benedictines are, they take an interesting vow that most other orders do not take, and that is a vow of stability. So <laughs> Benedictine monks, um, each monastery is sort of autonomous. There's a, a sort of loosely bound confederation of monasteries, but there's no, um, you, you know, there's not a province of like East Coast Benedictines. It's Belmont Abbey <laughs> Monastery. And the guys who, you know, take their final vows at Belmont Abbey, stay here usually until they die and are buried in the cemetery at Belmont Abbey. So um, it, it's kind of a, a, a countercultural force in a world that is so uh, heavily mobile and, and temporary. So <laughs> I think that Benedictine charism has a lot, you know, in common with what you guys are doing at the Cicerone Society. I, I, yeah. And it's, it's, all, it's, it's just so encouraging to hear about. I mean, you think about how just like you said, countercultural to stay in one place. I have moved so many times in my life, which is characteristic of a lot of us as academics. And I, and it's it's just the idea of stability to stay in one place to to get to know, um, you know, who owns that that store, that bar, or you know, to for, for the the locals to know your name when you're out walking around. I mean that 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 was. I mean, I, I'm not that old, but I mean, I just I, I feel like that was so long ago. And I mean, just growing up in the '90s. I can remember that that life, that stability that that, that so many of um, my I mean my parents and my friends' parents they had grown up in the same town. Um, that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, it just doesn't. And we, we move around so much. And these these men are are extraordinary at Belmont Abbey, and we're looking forward to meeting uh, several of them when we get there. Now, one of the things you do is you said you, you founded the Honors College, and I you know I followed you on LinkedIn, and you are busy. You do so many things that I just want to like. I'm going to re-enroll. So that I can be in Joe's program. Um, it looks like so much fun. Tell us a little bit about what you do at the Honors College. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to sum it up, uh, you know, and oversimplify, I think what we've created at, in the Honors College is um, the best combination out there of a four-year coherent great books curriculum uh, with the ability to choose a traditional college major. Um, so, you know, I, I think. Uh, probably a lot of your listeners would be familiar with a lot of the, you know, the four-year great books programs out there. My wife went to one, Thomas Aquinas College out in California. 
you know, St. John's in Annapolis, Wyoming Catholic College, these places where um, students get the benefit of a coherently ordered great books curriculum that examines, you know, a number of, of the big fundamental human questions. And we wanted to offer something like that at the Honors College, but we wanted to see, is there a way we could allow students who wanted to do that uh, to participate in our own unique four-year great books curriculum to do that, but then maybe to offer flexibility so that while they're in a cohort with a community of students engaging in those Socratic seminars on everything from Plato to St. Augustine to Shakespeare to the American founders, um, they could also major in accounting if they feel called to the, or, you know, or to in business or theology or biology. Um, and, you know, I, we just graduated our first class and I think it's turned out really well. I mean, we've had these students, for example, in our, in our class that just graduated that were biology majors, applied to medical school, got into medical school, but they also studied Montesquieu and, and Aristotle. And I just think, um, you know, it, it winds up being great for two reasons. One, we get to send people out into the world who have read these foundational texts that are going to help them uh, to lead, to understand happiness, how they can contribute to the happiness of their families and their colleagues. Um, but also it, it makes really great conversations in the classroom when you have, you know, students who are majoring in economics and they, they think about economic questions and, and the scientists who think about, you know, the scientific questions, and they all bring that to Augustine's confessions, right? I mean, it just leads to this really lively, fertile conversation. So that's kind of the heart of the curriculum. Uh, we do a number of things in, in terms of the community, but, you know, that's more of a recruitment pitch uh, to, to current students. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, really what we're trying to do is create a culture of students who are interested in the foundational questions. Um, and it's a blessing to be part of it. It really is. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, our, our main progression is ancients, Christians, moderns. We go ancients, Christians, mm -hmm. moderns. Uh, in terms of the great books, and then back to Christians, so we can show that Christianity has an answer to modernity. It can engage right. with it. Uh, and then we have a cool senior year called the Crises in the West, which is some really interesting topical courses uh, on things like love and friendship, um, history and the idea of progress, science and technology, uh, where we read some 20th and 21st century thinkers, you know, everyone from Alistair McIntyre to Pope Benedict XVI to Flannery O'Connor in that senior year, trying to understand our own time and place in light of the great conversation. So, um, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff you see on LinkedIn that you were, we were talking about before, you know, we try to host a lot of really great events on campus that are sort of supplemental to that. We had first things on campus earlier this semester. Uh, they did a conference on um, friendship in times of polarization which uh, wound up being great. We had, you know, 100 people from off campus coming to talk about, uh, you know, this tough thing that so many of us experience, which is um, family and, and friendships sort of experiencing tension and, and um, problems during times of political strife in, in the United States. <laughs> uh, the American Conservative came and did a conference on uh, life in America after Roe at the beginning of the semester. That was wonderful. Um, so yeah, th I mean things are things are coming along here, and we have just wonderful students. I mean we have wonderful, wonderful students. The the uh, the first things conference is certainly prescient as we go into the Thanksgiving season here in just a couple of days. Um, luckily, in my my family, usually just you know we're we're Italian, so everything is loud and it sounds like we're arguing, but it's just we're just talking. Um, 
you know, so, <laughs> um, there's a, that's a lot of fun, but yeah, there's Thanksgiving is awkward for, for, for plenty, uh, plenty of people. And I, you know, I'm also thinking about this honors program and how, um, you know, th- this is a great, you know, for maybe five years that these students get to spend in a program like this. And it's, it's the kind of thing that for most of us, you know, we, that's the only time we, in our lives we really get to do this. Um, and while some of us have the benefit of, you know, going on to teaching in higher ed and, and being able to have these conversations on a regular basis, most people don't. But it, at the same time, I think they would. They don't necessarily want to pay for it, but they they would love to have the opportunity to have these these meaningful um, kind of high-end conversations that they either had in college or they missed out on. Uh, you know, and I, and I think the Ciceroian Society, you know, our long-term goal is so that the kind of people that graduate from an honors college like this, that they find a community and especially a church that continues the conversations they started when they were, when they knew Dr. Wasaki, right? Um, and to me, that would just, th- that would be success where someone says, you know, I finally, I had a great experience at Belmont Abbey, but then I found this church that had a group that, you know, had, had, you know, was influenced by the Ciceronian society and they, they kept this conversation going to me, that would just be amazing. Um, and I, I found that out personally, I, I taught a class called the critics of Christianity years ago, where we read Freud, Nietzsche, um, some of the new atheists and some of the, um, the historical critics of Christianity, like Bart Ehrman, Elaine Pagels, thing, people like that. And it was so much fun because we had people, just like you said, from all these different backgrounds, that were in the room, you know, some people that worked in a factory, some people that worked in finance, some people that were teachers. It was that, that, that it's a great experience that we don't get to have enough outside of college, right? Um, and I would love to see that happen more. Um, it's funny, the, you know. Uh, I find people are so grateful for the ability to do that. We we did just a follow up session to our first things conference, like a Zoom session. For if you couldn't make it. And, uh, you know, it was like 12 people on this call, uh, and they couldn't mm-hmm. do all the readings and, um, it was just one hour and we talked about politics and play and Aristotle's rhetoric. And there's, I mean, I think you, you're, you're right. There's just such a hunger for it among people who are mm-hmm. out there, especially in the professional world, who are raising children. Um, these yeah. people were so grateful and it was no, it was no amazing session that I led. It was just hey, let's talk about some things. And, and I let people talk and ask questions. And at the end, I just got these letters like, thank you so much. It was, and I went, okay, I didn't really do, you know, it didn't, it didn't have to be really, <laughs> it didn't have to be incredibly polished. It was like, they wanted to talk about, you know, how do you navigate the political and the family and the personal? And um, yeah, it was, it was just, anyway, I was just so surprised at like how grateful people were. I wonder, I wonder if part of that is, this need for something that's not superficial. You know, you think of so much of our life, just it feels superficial. Um, or the, the kind of what you're bombarded with, whether it's in the media, uh, in movies, and in, in more recent fiction even, um, it's it, it, it turns us off because it, we, we know there's more, but no one wants to give it to us. <laughs> um, and I think there is a hunger for something more substantive. Um, you're talking about that stability that the Benedictines have, and I think, I think intellectually, spiritually, we we long for that as well. It's something that that the church pro- can provide, um, and it's uh, it is certainly a blessing. Um, one of the things I want to I want to finish talking about here is 
uh, Belmont itself. So we got, uh, you know, many of our listeners here uh, are excited about coming down to the town. Uh, so we've heard about the college and the area. We know it's a suburb of Charlotte to a point. Um, I'm just, we, just tell us a little bit about Belmont, North Carolina, Gaston County, and, and um, uh, what we can expect when we visit there. Um, so Belmont, yeah, it is at about 15 minutes from the airport and uh, from uptown. Belmont is it's just a charming little town that you can walk to from the college. Um, you know, great, great restaurants, breweries, uh, beautiful park uptown. Uh, we have the Sisters of Mercy uh, right on the way into Belmont who um, have done all kinds of amazing ministries in the area for um, you know, the poor and disaffected. Um, I'm trying to think. So, you know, it's... I love Gaston County because I like access to the city. Mecklenburg is where Charlotte is. Gaston is the next county over where yeah. you know, we have Belmont, uh, Gastonia, where my family and I live. Um, okay. And so there's, a, you know, there's downtown Gastonia, downtown Belmont, and downtown Charlotte. And I think they all have a mm-hmm. bit of a different feel. Um, you know, Charlotte's big city, uh, and, you know, the things you can do there are, you know, everything from, you know, going to a Charlotte Hornets game to... Big, lots of music venues. Um, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. NASCAR Hall of Come Fame. On now. You have the Billy Graham, the Billy Graham Museum. <laughs> yeah, the Billy Graham thing. Yeah. That's right. Which is actually very cool. Uh, the Billy Graham Museum. It's worth how far visit. away is that? Uh, from the college, maybe twenty minutes. Oh, really? Okay. I've always wanted. I've always wanted to visit there. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Um, I grew. Up, I grew up in an evangelical home, and um, you know, I think about. Uh, I remember thinking uh, when someone pointed out to me, you know, uh, we Catholics have the Pope, you have Billy Graham. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, that's not exactly how it works, but I I understood the the metaphor. So, well, Well, listen, Joe. Similar, similar interesting stories when you get there. I mean, there's a time where he goes behind the Iron Curtain to preach, and it reminds reminded me, of course, of John Paul II and others. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think there's, there's a ton to do in the city of Charlotte, uh, symphony, all all the things that a major city has. Uh, Belmont is, um, I would say small town yuppie. Uh, so it's, you know, kind (laughs) of hipster yuppie, um, beautiful place to walk. Lots of nice, you know, um, mom and pops restaurants gets pretty active when the weather warms up. Lots of sort of, uh, monthly festivals with live music outside. So great dining scene in Belmont. And then Gastonia is a, is kind of in between. Uh, Gastonia is a mix of, uh, you know, I, you know, less, uh, less Charlotte yuppie, more mix of, I don't know. Uh, you have a, you have a downtown <laughs> hillbilly, <laughs> you know, well, so, parts so... of it, but, uh, you know, um, it's, you know, it's it's uptown is kind of in a renewal phase right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but I love it. You know, I love I love uptown Gastonia. Number number of great places, uh, coffee houses and and things like that. I'm trying to think of you know the main attractions. I have six kids with the seventh on the way, so I don't do much anymore. So I'm trying to think. Yeah, that makes like, sense, right? <laughs> if I were younger, what would I do? Um, yeah, no, I, I you, you don't need to go through and, and give the, the the tour guide. There's so much. Uh, there, there is a lot to do there, and it's actually I already provided a bunch of things on the website. I particularly looked at the that Muddy River Distillery looks really cool. Well, um, one thing I would say is haha, I am I am an avid fly fisherman, so oh okay, all right. 
if people are coming from areas where you cannot fly fish, um, there is a park about an hour away, if, if they wind up here with rental cars, called South Mountain State Park, uh, that mm-hmm. I really do love. And, um, yeah, if you, if you like to fish for travel. Well, so, well, and then, of I, course, I, if, I you're love to drive, fish. If, if you're willing to drive an hour and a half, I mean, North Carolina, the Appalachians are just some amazing trout waters there. Especially that time of year, I would imagine, as long as it's not flooded. Right, yep. Yeah, you're starting to get the river stocked again in early March. So, um, yeah. yeah, one, I mean, people who like place and tradition, um, mm-hmm. one thing that is quite fun um, is about half an hour, 40 minutes from Belmont Abbey, uh, is the uh, Kings Mountain National Military Memorial uh, and okay. Park. So if you know, I don't know if you know about Kings Mountain, but it is was a um, a battle in the Revolutionary War, a major turning oh. point that kind of shuts down the Southern strategy of the British. Uh, fought almost entirely between um, what would you say? Uh, sorry, um, uh, militia. Hale, sorry, militia. Is... A militia on both sides. American militia. Okay. So it's really yeah. there's one British officer, and then the rest are. Um, American loyalist and American patriot militia um, but there's this really key battle and they have the military park there with a great museum that's worth visiting so um, that's that's a lot of fun you can do the hike it's only about two miles to do the whole hike around that'd the be, mountain that, where the battle was fought that'd be really interesting I, 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 I other than Boston I, I have never and uh, you know, Philadelphia I really haven't been to many Revolutionary War sites it's, I've never been to one in the south um which is unfortunate, but that's definitely worth checking out. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go. You're a busy man, and, um, you know, you got a lot going on there, and we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Um, and so thank you so much, Joe. This is great, well, and we, we are, cannot we wait looking to— looking forward to seeing everyone and seeing you, and, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Feel, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can free, anybody who is interested in the area has questions can feel free to uh, email me. It's basically my, uh, Joseph Wysocki. At BAC, Belmont Abbey College, BAC.edu. I'd be happy to answer Perfect. your questions. So. That's great. And they, they have, uh, you know, they've already been a great host and Belmont Abbey has really helped us out so much. And it, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a, a no brainer in terms of where we end up uh, th- this, this coming year. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Well, you've been listening to the sower, a production of the Ciceronian society. And if you've enjoyed this conversation and would like visiting the places that we've talked about, we invite you to join us for our next conference, which is March 9th through 11th, 2023 at Belmont Abbey college in North Carolina. Registration and details about the event are now available on our website, so be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. And check out our website at ciceroneansociety.org. Thanks again.